Welcome to Markham Baptist Church. Perhaps praising God may be more difficult for you today. Certainly after the events of last weekend in Nova Scotia, where over 22 lives have been taken by uh, a gunman, perhaps praising God is hard for you for any number of reasons, a loss, a struggle, a pain, a sorrow. How do we praise God in the tough times? What do we do with our life when one path that we anticipate taking turns into another journey entirely? It is true, life is a journey. The powerful blessing is that God invites us to travel with him. Would you bow with me and pray together? Loving God, we thank you for your blessing in our lives, not only during the easy times when we travel this life, but during the difficult, challenging days as well. We pray in particular for those who have lost loved ones and dear friends in Nova Scotia. Bless them in this time of brokenheartedness and pain and gather to them friends and community that may be able to lift them and support them through the struggle. And be with us now as we worship you together on this day. In Jesus' name, amen. I've asked Paul to join me today in our responsive reading from Psalm 57. Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for in you my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings I will take refuge until the destroying storms pass by. I cry to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. He will send from heaven and save me. He will put to shame those who trample on me. God will send forth his steadfast love and his faithfulness. I lie down among lions that greedily devour human prey. Their teeth are spears and arrows, their tongues sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all of the earth. They set a net for my steps. My soul was bowed down. They dug a pit in my path, but they have fallen into it themselves. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make melody. Awake, my soul, awake. O harp and lyre, I will awake the dawn. And I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your steadfast love is as high as the heavens. Your faithfulness extends to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens, and let your glory be over all of the earth. Amen. Amen. Hi, guys. Thank you for joining with us again this morning. Um, I'm just going to invite you to join me in a time of prayer. Um, my prayer today is going to be a prayer of Scripture. Um, so I'm going to be reading from Psalm 46, um, and I would like you to just bow with me and listen to the words of this psalm, um, and let it be a prayer uh, for you and for those in Nova Scotia and those around the world suffering loss, isolation, stress, anxiety, depression, 
and any other feelings they may be having during this time. Please bow with me. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her, she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Amen. I also want to invite you all next Sunday to join me here Sunday morning at 10.30 for our children's time along with Craig and the rest of our congregation as we celebrate in praise and thanksgiving to our Lord Jesus. Also invite anyone ages four and up to join me from 9.45 to 10.15 on Zoom. Your link will be located on the screen below and will also be sent out in emails that Alexandra sends out. I hope you all have a blessed day. The scripture today is taken from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, beginning to read at verse 13. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. And while they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, what things? They replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And some of those who uh, were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. 
And then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead of them as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, stay with us because it's almost evening. The day is now nearly over. So we went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. Now they said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, the Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of bread. This past week, we've been receiving some emails and updates from a couple that has been making their way slowly across Canada and uh, sharing with us somewhat of a travelogue of the sights and scenes that they've discovered along the way. They've talked about the weather conditions and how that's changed as they've traveled, the, um, the sights along the road, and one of them being a rather startling discovery, they found a wedge of low-flying trumpeter swans as well as a flock of geese, and, and they were being buffeted by the strong winds that day, which were affecting their flight patterns and uh, obviously wearing them out too. They were saying also how difficult it is to find rest areas that are open during a pandemic when otherwise there would be many shops and stops along the way. Those two disciples that Luke talks about in chapter 24, as they make their way from Jerusalem seven miles towards Emmaus, were certainly feeling the buffeting winds of the past 24 hours or three days even and how that was affecting their lives and weighing down their hearts from what they had hoped and imagined and what they were realizing or expecting to, uh, to realize now. They were looking for a safe place to stop and rest. Archaeologists say that they're unaware of exactly where that ancient city of Emmaus really was, but we're told in Luke, as I mentioned, that it's seven miles from Jerusalem. Obviously, for those that were traveling at that late afternoon into the evening hours, those seven miles must have felt like 70 with the weight of their hearts and the expectations that they felt dashed because of what they had only imagined had taken place. At some point along the way, a stranger meets them and begins to walk the journey with them. We know it's Jesus because we're reading it from Luke. But they had no idea, and we're not really sure why exactly they didn't see him for who he was. 
Maybe it was the shadow and the darkness of the evening. Maybe it was their disappointment and uh, perhaps it was just that they never really even looked up. But whatever reason it was, Jesus walked with them and they, they didn't even know it. When Jesus asked them what they were talking about, they didn't give the Jesus answer. They gave the raw emotion of their hearts kind of answer. They gave the response that that said this in verse 21. We had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Notice that past tense of their hope. We had hoped. They were disoriented. They were disappointed. Here's a question. When the way we've always pictured our lives turns out another way, when our vision of the future dies, does hope Our hope die with it. Hope can be a desire, uh, a wish of good or better things to come. Like, I hope it doesn't snow anymore this springtime. Or, I hope this pandemic doesn't last too much longer. It's it's a a dream, it's a desire, it's a, a hope of one kind. But there's another kind of hope. There's the hope of promised reality. The hope of promised reality. And that's what Paul talks about when he says this in Romans chapter 5. This doesn't mean, of course, that we have only a hope of future joys. We can be full of joy here and now, even in our trials and troubles. Taken in the right spirit, these very things will give us patient endurance. This, in turn, will develop a mature character. And a character of this sort produces a steady Hope, a hope that will never disappoint us. In talking about that same hope, when he writes to young Timothy, he says this in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant and not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God. Jesus challenges those two disciples on the road from Jerusalem to Emmaus. He says, how foolish you are, how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. That word hope appears a little later in verse 32 as well, when the disciples themselves say, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked to us on the road? The great commentator Fred Craddock in his commentary on Luke talks about recognition in realization and how it comes at three particular times. There are three times that events can be known to us. There's the rehearsal, there's the real-time event, and there's the remembrance. In the rehearsal time, Craddock says that it's hard to really believe what we hope will happen will actually come about. So we don't feel and experience everything that's going on even then. Then there's the real-time event, and with the clutter and with the commotion, with the confusion, it's hard to gather up everything and, uh, and process it all. So we don't capture the reality in our rehearsing of an event coming. We don't capture the experience because of the clutter of our mind that hinders us from realizing real-time events and truths. But then he talks about the remembrance time. 
And in that time, we overcome our inability to comprehend. It's in the remembering that we realize things were there all along that we hadn't noticed when we were in the midst of it. That something more was happening than just the mere facts that that we could see with our eyes or touch with our hands. There was a certain depth to it. There was a certain presence there. There was a grace. And for those two, that presence, that depth, that grace came to them at the kitchen table. We're hindered by the same doubts and same questions in our lives. We don't see everything. We don't see the depth of the reality going on. Even in the moment with Christ literally walking along beside them, they were unable to accept that fact. Heading back to Emmaus, back to back to a future that perhaps was more certain than the one that they were leaving. What would life be like for them without Christ? What will life be like for them without Jesus, with whom they've traveled for the last perhaps three years? That's familiar territory to us as well, isn't it? the future being uncertain, the questions not really having a definitive answer, the present moment being frightening for many of us, and the past seeming like an eternity ago, not being with people or with extended family and friends. Any loss is a hard one. Loved ones, job loss, health. We can't imagine what the people of Nova Scotia are going through right now, but Our prayers are certainly with them. The irony is that those two disciples in that road felt the absence of Jesus at the very time he was most present to them, literally walking with them. But both realities are true, true for them and true for us. We can feel alone even in the company of the living Christ. It was after spending time with them at a meal that they realized that he had been there all along. They felt the difference in their hearts, being together in spirit, in a spirit of faith and love, in a spirit of hope. They knew Jesus had been with them. Their hearts burned within them as they recognized him, sitting down, breaking bread, and sharing a cup with them. Sounds like communion, doesn't it? Communion is a time of looking back. And when we do this in life, when we look back and realize that we've already made it through some challenges, some difficult times, some struggles that we've had to face along the way, when we look back over those tough times and realize we've made it through, the remembering gives us the opportunity to give thanks. Thanks for the deep relationships we've had. Thanks for the wonderful friendships that have held us. Thanks for the loving family that continues to embrace us. And thanks especially for the company of Christ that sustains us through it all. Looking back, remembering, gives us that opportunity to be grateful and to bless the Lord at all times 
that God's praise will continually be in our mouths. The people of Nova Scotia during this time definitely need to know and feel and see a community gathered around them, supporting them as they have realized deep losses. A community of friends that are standing with them and by their side. How could they possibly continue on without that? How can any of us continue on without those deep friendships and true relationships and loving family members that support us through the good and the bad? Christ, remember, was not alive in some abstract remembering kind of way. Christ was alive and present in body with them. And that was the deeper miracle, that they didn't have to have wishful thinking or the kind of hope that says, I I hope it won't snow this week. They had a hope in a promised future, one that the prophets through the ages had told them about, that Jesus not only would suffer and die on a cross, but after his burial, three days later, he would rise to life again. And their hope was in that living Christ, in the bodily presence of their master, their companion along the journey. The interesting thing that follows with their realization is that that long seven-mile road that wore them out on the way from Jerusalem to Emmaus, well, it turned into a a quick-paced run from Emmaus back to Jerusalem right after they realized Jesus had been in their midst. The weight had fallen off of their shoulders and off from their hearts, and they were able to run with joy to share the news that Jesus was alive and that they had met him. What happened to those two can and does happen to us. It's happened to countless peoples through over 2,000 years. People who have been changed when they've met Jesus. People whose lives were heading in one direction have been turned around and heading now in the direction of hope and of life in eternity with God. Life changes when we meet Jesus. What will you do next when you realize the truth of the matter that he's been with you all along? Thanks be to God.
Will you join me in prayer, please? Let's pray. Oh God, our creator, we come before you as grateful people to affirm faith in Jesus Christ. And we come with the openness of children that know where love can be found. And as travelers who are eager for your presence along the way. Thank you for the confidence that your grace and goodness provide. For the ways we are lifted up in everyday events. For those grand times of inspiration. Joyful times when we're encouraged by others. But we thank you also for those seasons when our growth has happened when our faith has been strengthened amid the challenges that we must face. Lord, continue to grow us, to grant us the strength when in our weakness our spirits slip or our hearts become weary. Thank you for those who are simply there for us, who seem consistent in their support when we need it most, for those who are gentle in their acceptance of what is possible at the moment, as together we wait upon you to provide the answer in the face of seemingly impossible odds. We continue to pray on behalf of families and all who have lost loved ones, for those who struggle in other ways because of the loss of life this past week in the Maritimes. We pray for community leaders, for healthcare workers, for support staff, we pray for our children and young people affected who may have lost some sense of direction or, or perhaps even a loved one. We pray together on this journey that you would open our eyes and hearts to the opportunities to express the, the character of Christ. Help us to stay open to the fresh surprises of grace. Penetrate the doubts of all who withhold themselves from a full trust in your love for them. Open the eyes of our hearts to your full and unrestrained presence and embrace of strength. Grant us the joy that comes when we dare to witness and serve in the name of the risen Christ. For this is our strong prayer in the name of Jesus, our risen Lord. Amen. Look at your hands. See the touch and tenderness of them. They are God's own for this world. Look at your feet and see the path and direction they're taking and realize they are God's own for this world. Look at your heart and see the fire and the love within it and realize it is God's own for this world. Look at the cross and see God's Son, and see your living Savior, God's own for this world, and for you, and for me. As we look, let's remember, and let's be thankful, hopeful not because it's a dream or a desire, but because it's a living hope in a living Christ who walks with us along the journey. And because of that, May God grant you progress and joy in the faith, today and always. Amen. I will not make the same mistakes.
Cause my heart so much misery